Pastor Bob is no stranger to Valley Community Church. In fact, his son, Ryan Rufner, is up in the sound booth, and his daughter-in-law are here, and Melissa, and, of course, the Hayashis, all connected to this family, this wonderful family. And uh, I was thinking about the in-laws are here, but no outlaws, are they? No outlaws. Praise God. We'll get them saved if they show up. Praise God. So... Many years, I was asking your wife, how many years, when did you start in ministry? Was it early 70s? Uh, well, actually, full-time ministry, 1977. So, late 70s. Well, praise God. And so I know that there's, uh, just knowing you and hearing you, uh, there's a lot of wisdom that God has imparted into your life. Thank you. And we get to get the overflow, the splashing out of that onto us today. But what I really like, I was talking to Ryan, and uh, I said, would you call your dad semi-retired? And he just kind of went, and I said, okay, that's a word we're going to throw out. We're not going to use that <laughs> word. And I said, you just change hats. That's exactly and right. And so when you're in ministry, we retire when we get to heaven. Is that yeah. right? I, I don't see it in Scripture anywhere, so I think we'll be busy there too. Yeah, we will. Amen. <laughs> So we just move into a new phase. Exactly. But I love what you're doing right now. Uh, you've always had missions on your heart. Yes. It has always been big with you. Yes. But you are, a, in talking to you before, and uh, just hearing what you've, you've been doing, and uh, you are a leader to leaders. And uh, I just want to commend you with that. Well done. Thank you. And I hear God saying, well done to you. Thank you. And that your greater days are still ahead. And God's going to be moving into a new phase of your leadership and strategic leading of other leaders. And uh, you're in an area right now where God has led you into, but he is going to be transitioning you into a greater depth of that anointing and calling on your life. And so I'm looking forward to hearing all about that. Mary, would you stand up? This is Pastor Bob's wife. Mary, let's give her a hand. Well, take your time. Thank you. And bring it on. We're looking forward Thank to you, it, Pastor sir. Bob. Thank you. Good morning, church family. I love coming here to my second church home. And honestly, if we lived anywhere closer, this is where be where we live and worship together every Sunday. This is just feels like home. And so I'm honored to be able to be here today. And to share God's word. I receive that word, Pastor Dan. I do. This is a new season for us. Um, When we transitioned out of full-time pastoring after pastoring that church in Hollister for 34 years, we knew that God was, was sending us to the nations of South and Southeast Asia. It's been I've been going there for 30 plus years, but there's something about the Lord saying, okay, let's go full, full bore. And um, so now I have the opportunity to spend a lot of time in South and Southeast Asia, especially right now, the Lord has my heart in India. You know how God fine-tunes things? Anybody recognize that sometimes God gives you a big picture and he says, let's dial it down just a little bit? And so right now, India has captured my heart and I'm spending a lot of time with emerging leaders, leaders of leaders, And, in fact, um, some of the leaders that I'm training and working discipleship with on an ongoing basis are the ones that are going back when they finish training. They have about another year plus to go. They'll be going back into some of the hardest places of India where you read about all the persecution, 
If you know anything about voices of the martyrs, these are the ones that have their houses burned. They're put to death for the sake of the gospel. I have some emerging leaders who are training to go back to those places and give their all for Jesus. So it's quite an investment. It's an honor. Who never, whoever thought that a, uh, a guy from nowhere, kind of like uh, Nazareth, <laughs> would be, amount to anything of the kingdom, and yet God is faithful, and he'll use anybody, including the person sitting next to you. Oh, and you. That's right. Yeah. So, amen. This morning, I want to talk to you in our hearts about expecting more in 24. Lord, I thank you that right now in this moment, Lord, our hearts and our minds are fixed on you. Lord, that you have a word for us today. And Lord, I thank you that we have hearts to receive what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name. Before I start, I know Pastor Gary and Terry are probably watching or will watch it on replay. Thank you for the privilege and honor of uh, serving this congregation. Have you ever had butterflies in your stomach? For anticipation of something that was coming? Has that ever happened to you? Some of, uh, some of us who played sports in our younger years before broken bones and ankles and all those things, I used to have the worst butterflies before a game. Anybody can relate to that? Yeah, it's like, oh. And to the point where you just, you don't know if you're going to make it. You know, so just take me now, Lord Jesus, because I don't know these butterflies are, are too much. The, It wasn't necessarily a nervousness, it was anticipation. You've worked, you've studied your your game plan, you've you've exercised, you've practiced, you did all of those things, and now it's come right to the moment. And that anticipation just kind of gets you fluttering. In fact, you know, some of the most exciting periods of our lives are times of anticipation. I can remember counting the days until a birthday. How many of you are, can remember the old days when you were a kid? You know, and your birthday's coming, and you kind of are excited about your birthday. Or what about Christmas? Anybody here get excited about Christmas? Remember the Christmases, Christmas is coming, and you, you've already gone through the Sears and Roebuck catalog, and you circled everything on there that you wanted? Come on, anybody know, can you relate to me here? Yeah. In the anticipation of Christmas morning, not knowing if something of the 642 things that you circled in the Sears Roebuck catalog will end up under the tree. Anticipation. Or what about the end of a school year? Does anybody remember your school years? That long ago, you don't remember, I get you. <laughs> well, I'm telling you right now, as one who teaches high school, I look forward to the end of the school year because we're ex- exhausted. The kids are exhausted. Everybody's exhausted. And you start counting down the days to the end of the school year. Now, those are exciting things. Those are things to anticipate. But there are more, maybe bigger things Asked Mary, what is the like things that you've, you were anticipating that was so exciting? She said, immediately, having kids. And then she paused and she says, no, there's something better than that. 
having grandkids. So yesterday we celebrated RJ's sixth birthday. So we have all kinds of memories and faith, uh, Facebook, I said Facebook, that's funny. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. Not Facebook, Facebook. And we had all kinds of memories in Facebook of the anticipation of RJ arriving on the scene. And he's filled every expectation as a grandson. And then we get to do it all over again with Ethan. Man, we're blessed. Anybody had an, something that you've been expecting, anticipating, and, and it happened, and you're just like, wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. All of those things. You're filled with excitement, anticipation, unable to sleep sometimes because you know something amazing is about to happen. I'm here to tell you this morning that that is an expectant heart that you and I need to have all the time about the things of God. It's so easy for us in the natural to get excited about something that we're going to tangibly begin to see and feel and touch and experience in the natural. But sometimes we separate what we anticipate in the natural and we don't carry it over into the area of the spiritual of our lives. But we should. That feeling of expectation is what we need to cultivate in our lives. It doesn't necessarily come naturally, but expectations quicken our steps and they brighten our eyes as we reach out to the future that God has for us. I want you to know this morning there is a power to expectation. Expectation is the act of looking forward to something with the belief that it will happen. It's the hope and anticipation of something good coming our way. And here's the truth. Without expectation, we limit ourselves and we hinder the possibility of miracles in our lives. We must be a people of anticipation and expectation. Many people, none of you here, But in other churches and other places, many people go to church out of habit or tradition. Without any real sense of expectation of encountering God or experiencing his power. To me, that's almost sad. When when you come to church, the gathering of the saints, what do you expect? What did you come for today? What were you expecting? Well, I expect that the worship team is going to lead us to the throne of God. Did that happen today? How many of you expected that today? Or did you come saying, oh, we're just going to sing some songs? Did you come expecting to come into the very presence of God? Did you come expecting to fellowship with the brothers and the sisters that are sitting around you that maybe you get to shake hands and drink a cup of coffee with afterwards? Did you come for the the fellowship? Did you come for the worship? Did you come for God 
to do something, not in the other guy, but in you? Did you come expecting God to speak to you this morning? People go through the motions all the time in Christianity without truly believing that anything will happen. And that's why they're so surprised when it does. It's, to me, it's humorous as a pastor that when you pray for somebody and there's an expectation in your heart as the one who's praying and then it actually happens and they're so surprised that God answered prayer. And my, in my mind, I'm going, well, what did you expect when we prayed? Well, I don't know. Well, then why did we pray? I don't know. Because we're supposed to. Can you, can you hear the challenge of that? Well, we're supposed to. But yet their heart, there's no expectation of when we pray that God will hear and answer our prayer and miracles take place in our lives because our heart is in tune with the Holy Spirit of God that when we begin to pray out the word of God, God will perform his word and miracles happen. It's a challenge to our soul, isn't it? To really believe the power of expectation is that something good is coming because God is good. And without expectation, we limit ourselves and we hinder the possibility of miracles. Listen to the Words of the psalmist, David. In Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8, this is his self-talk at the beginning. He's talking to himself. He says, My soul, wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation And my glory, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. He's not done. He just changes mode and he changes who he's talking to. So he talks to the people. He says, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And can we add a big yahoo at the end? (laughs) Yahoo! We trust in God. He's the one. He's worthy. And he's trustworthy. Our faith and our trust is in him. I'm going to say something controversial. Wouldn't be the first time. Probably won't be the last. Our faith and our trust is not in this book. Our faith and our trust is in the one who this book reveals. God himself. We trust in God alone. He is trustworthy and he performs his word. His promises are yes and amen. They will be done if we lay hold of the word of God. You see, we have to have a faith that's living and growing 
And faith and expectation are closely related, but they're very distinct. While faith is believing in something without seeing it, expectation is the belief that something will happen. We can have faith without expectation, but we cannot have expectation without faith. Should I say that again? We can have faith without expectation, but we cannot have expectation without faith. It is important to first have faith in God and his promises of his word. We must believe that he's able and willing to do what he says he will do. And without this foundation of faith, our expectation will be weak at best or non-existent at all. Once we have faith, then we can develop this sense of expectation that God is going to do this in me, in my family, in my business, in my church, in my community, in my state, in this world. We can walk in that faith and that expectation together. We must truly believe that God will come through for us. That he will answer our prayers and meet our needs. Which leads me to my second point if you're taking extraordinarily good notes. What did you expect? That's the tone that I wrote that with. What did you expect? Maybe a better tone would be, what do you expect? Hmm. Proverbs 23, verse 18 says, in the New Life version, it says, For sure, there is a future, and your hope or expectation will not be cut off. Now, this is talking about the end of your life, or it could also apply to the end of a battle that you're in, or it could talk about the end of your challenge that you're facing right now. Whatever it is that you're trying to get through and overcome, it's talking about that. There is an end to whatever adversity that you are presently finding yourself in. I love when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, this too will pass. This too will pass. How many are you, uh, how many of us, I'll raise my hand. How many of us are in situations where just saying to ourselves, take a deep breath, this too will pass. Anybody? Okay, six of us, we know. This too will pass. The rest of us, well, God bless you. We'll have faith for you. I know whatever I'm dealing with, whatever I'm facing, God's going to see me through. There's going to be an end to this season because seasons change. There's an end to whatever we're facing. It says here in this scripture in Proverbs, it says there's an end or a consequence that goes with that end and your expectation or your hope will never be cut off, will not be cut off. In other words, what are you expecting in your life? That's what you're going to get. Whatever you're expecting, that's what's coming. Now, here's the challenge, is that so many believers, I'm going to say this gentle with a smile on my face, are anemic in the word. 
And so their expectation is of the worst. It reminds me of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, my. Oh, no. We're all out of honey. So many believers are so negative. It kind of is like, to me, to my spirit, and I have to control this. To me, it's like fingernails on the chalkboard. You know what I'm talking about? Not the beautiful whiteboards that they have in school now. I'm talking about the chalkboards from when we were in school. Where the big job at the end of the day was to clap the, the erasers together and have that stuff fly over. And your mom, come, when you come home, going, what happened to you? Oh, everything out of their mouth is negative. To me, it's not just because I'm a positive person. It, to me, it's just like it's an antithesis of what we are called to live as believers. So many believers expect the worst. They expect the worst news. They expect the bill collectors to show up on their doorstep. Oh, they don't do that anymore. They just send you 365 emails. When there's downsizing at work, they expect to be fired because they're always the ones to go. If they've been treated badly all their lives, well, it's just going to be more of the same. So many people Expect the worst. And the Bible says that your expectation is not going to be cut off. In other words, you'll get whatever you expect. If you, get, if you expect the worst, what's coming your way? There's two kinds of expectation. Negative and positive. Negative expectation is always rooted in past experience. That might help somebody here. Negative expectation is always rooted in past experience. For instance, if someone has been prayed for for healing for multiple times and, and the healing hasn't manifested yet, then low, low, uh, slower and slower, more frequently, they think, well, I'll go, I guess I'll go out for prayer. But nothing's going to happen. Now, they may not say that out loud. And on the outward, it may appear that they're going up for prayer, but inside, their expectation has diminished so low, they don't expect anything to happen. If that's your expectation, unless God sovereignly says, I'll show you. Which, never put a, never put a limit on God. He can do that. He loves to do that. But we're supposed to be learning. Growing, maturing, where's our expectation? Eventually, you and I have to come to the place where we have to decide what we think and how we think. Negative expectation is a product of repetitive past disappointments. On the flip side of that, which I like way better, Positive expectation is cultivated by what you focus your, your heart on, what you're thinking about. 
When I say positive expectation, I'm referring to having an expectation of God's word being manifest in our lives. I'm not talking about just a, a positive outlook or optimistic thinking, you know, 69 ways to think positive about your future. Just do these 69 steps. Nothing, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having a positive outlook from Scripture about how we're to live. It worked in the heart, in the mind, in the life of probably one of the men in the Scripture who suffered the most, way more than any of us sitting here in this place today. The Apostle Paul. He talks about it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. He says this, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Here's a guy who's suffering all the time. In fact, so hard, suffering so much. God, he says, God, I prayed three times. God, can you remove this thorn? God says, my grace is enough. In other words, no, not yet. How do you process through being beaten, thrown into jail, stoned, left for dead, shipwrecked? Come on, anybody here, can you can match up with any of those things in... Paul's life, and yet he says, ah, oh, it's just light, it's temporary. In other words, can I put it in modern vernacular? It's no big deal. It's no big deal. How many of you this morning would like for your challenges and adversities to become light and momentary? Where they don't rob you of your joy or the quality of your life. It can happen. Paul's focus or expectation was on our eternal home and glory. And the truth is, once you've gotten your mind off the natural circumstance, your next step is to begin to fill your mind with the word of God. And once you begin to fill your mind with what the word of God says, instead of the negative circumstances that you find yourself in, then your suffering becomes light and momentary. You lessen its intensity, and you can actually enjoy life while you're waiting for the miracle to manifest. Expectation enables you to be content with today and helps you wait gracefully for the manifestation of the miracle of the promise of God's word. That's what the fight of faith is all about. So let me ask again, what do you expect? What are you expecting today? Which leads me to my last point. Already? Well, I didn't say I was through in three closings yet. So just my last point. And that is that we need to expect miracles. Expectation is not just wishful thinking or positive thinking. It's a confident assurance that God will act on our behalf. It's a mindset that says, I know God is going to do something amazing 
in my life. God is going to do something amazing in this situation. God is going to do something amazing in my family. God is going to do something amazing in this church. Can anybody say amen to that? Do you believe it? Seriously? Tell your neighbor and say, "I I think I believe that. I think I believe that. When you and I begin to verbalize that expectation, it creates an atmosphere of faith for miracles to happen. Expectation is simply one of the keys to experiencing the miracles of God in our lives. When we read the Bible, we shouldn't just see it as a collection of stories or principles. We should expect that the promises, the truths, the patterns of God's nature and work in people should come alive and manifest in our own lives. They're there for a purpose. If God can pull Gideon out of a wine press, scared to death, and turn him into a general, he can do something far more significant with you. The pattern is there. God called Gideon, but he wasn't, and said, yes, you are. He said, I'm not the least, you know. Let me just do my thing. God says, no, mighty man of valor, get up out of the wine press. That's my paraphrase, not a quotation. Get up out of the wine press. I have a job for you. And guess what? You can be strong and courageous while you're doing it because I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Can you hear the promise of God? And so he went from an expectation is we're barely going to make it by, and if the Midianites don't show up in the next 20 minutes, we're going to have something to eat today. He went from barely making it in a negative mindset to having that completely flipped by the word of God that came to him. Mighty man of valor. I'm with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Let me say it again. Be strong and courageous. How many times? One more time. Be strong and courageous. Get up. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to the church, maybe even specifically this church, get up. Get up. I'm not finished. I've only just begun to stretch you, to heal you in places that have needed healing, to expand your borders. Expect me to move, and I'll move. Can you hear the word of the Lord to you this morning? You can take that, and you can apply it wherever you need God to move in your life, because he is a God who fulfills his promises. We should expect healing. We should expect provision. We should expect breakthroughs because God has promised them to us. And our expectation should not be limited by our circumstances or our past experiences. We should not settle for less than what God has promised us. And we should expect the impossible knowing that with God, all things are possible. Oh, when the early church, when... When the disciples began to get that, 
when they moved out, began to move out in the power of the Holy Spirit, they had an expectation that wherever they went, mm-mm-mm, something was going to happen. See, now, they, they'd already been sent out by Jesus, right? The 70 and the 12, they'd already been sent out. They knew what it was like to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit that had come upon them, but now it's all different. The Holy Spirit's in them. They have the Holy Spirit resident within them. They've been baptized. They've been breathed on. They are ready to go. They hit the road everywhere they went. They expected the Holy Spirit to work. One of my favorite stories in Scripture is found in the book of Acts chapter 3. In the book of Acts chapter 3, it's the story where Peter and John go to the temple. Can I read it really quickly this morning? It says this in chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on them with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, and this might have been a little disappointing. Think about it. Silver and gold have I none. Well, that blows my expectation. Don't you think? What was he expecting? He was expecting... Alms. He was expecting silver and gold. And Peter, right off the bat, says, Man, eh, don't have any. After all, we're ministers of the gospel. <laughs> silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Just as the lame man at the gate, beautiful, expected to receive something from Peter and John... With that same focus, that same anticipation. He didn't know what he was going to receive, but he was going to receive something. He focused in on them when they they said, look at us. Expecting to receive something. In that same attitude, our expectation should be coupled with faith, knowing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. With the same heart, we need to look steadfastly at the Lord. Not looking, is anybody looking while I'm looking? Is anybody going to ridicule me for focusing in on God? Because while I'm focusing on God, other people are passing by, and these are the people who would normally take care of my immediate need of alms. 
It's going to be a sacrifice. I'm not going to make as much money today if I give you all my attention right now because I'm not asking for relief in the natural. I'm, there's something drawing me. There's something connecting me by the spirit of the living God. I'm being connected to you guys. It's going to cost me. But... Give them their full attention. There was an anticipation and an expectation, but it ended up not being what he thought it was going to be. It ended up being exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all he could imagine, ask, or think, beyond his understanding of the goodness, the power, the presence of a healing God. It went beyond anything that he understood because God is greater than your greatest understanding of who he is. And he does what only he can do. Silver and gold, I don't have any, but I have something better. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And with expectation, catch this now, with expectation, Peter reached down and grabbed hold of his hand and lifted him to his feet. Peter expected, Peter had faith that when he prayed and he declared healing over that man's body, that that was the moment that a miracle would take place. There was a connection between his faith and the miracle power of God. He anticipated when he said, oh, we don't have anything that you need right now in your natural, but boy, I got something better. The expectation was higher. It was greater. Longer lasting. And I'm wondering today if sometimes we have, we have settled in our hearts that if God could just help us to just get by. If we set our expectation low, then we won't be disappointed. And I want to call you and me out of that mindset this morning. That God has something greater Far greater than you and I can even imagine as we're sitting here or watching online today. God has something far greater than you can ever begin to imagine for you and for your family, for your church. I've been hearing this message for a while. Weeks and weeks and weeks. Not just because I was going to preach it was already rumbling around in my spirit, and God says, Here, I'll give you some place to go preach that. Yeah. Expectation. What am I expecting? I'm expecting God to do miracles. I'm expecting God to do miracles. I'm expecting God to do miracles. How about you? Anybody here need a miracle? Six of us. Maybe a few more. God wants to move. We need to hold on to our belief that God will come through 
for us, regardless of what others say or do. Our expectations should be unwavering, unshakable, unmovable, undeniable. That God is God. And he moves for you because he's a good father and he loves you. Expectation is the final step to manifestation. It's how you become at rest in your soul and content in your soul while you're waiting for the manifestation of the miracles of God. When you intensely anticipate the answer comes in its due time, it makes today a whole lot more enjoyable. That's the life of faith. We live by the power of the Holy Spirit, immersed into the promises of our Father. Everything that we need. Everything that we need. When we have faith and expectation, we position ourselves to receive from God. So let's have faith. Let's have faith in God and his promises. Let's believe that he will do what he says he will do. And let's expect miracles knowing that God is able and willing to do amazing things in our lives. So I'm going to give you some homework. I am a high school teacher, by the way. Well, I'm waiting to go to India. (laughs) I'm going to give you some homework. Whatever your situation is, I want you to, one, mine, like dig, mine the promises of God's word. You do it. You mine it. It's really become counterproductive to get your word from God from someone else. Does that make sense? You got a word for me? No. Do you have a word for yourself from God? Because that's what you need. Now, uh, obviously, when God gives you a word, you give it. Plenty of prophetic words have come out of these lips. But generally, I'll say, well, what is God saying to you? Let me join my prophetic word with what God's already said to you. You and I have to mine the word of God. For the promises of God. Secondly, out of your expectation, declare the promises of God's word. Declare the promises of God's word. It's not enough just to read them. You have to speak them. The power of life and death is where? In the tongue. When you declare your expectation of God performing his miraculous works in your life, there's something that clicks. Something happens where the head knowledge goes through your mouth and drops down into your spirit, and that's where power lies. So declare the promises of God's word. The last one is praise him now, before the manifestation, for the manifestation. Praise him now, before the manifestation, for the manifestation. It's 
It's not too hard to praise God for something he's already done. It's a lot more faith-challenging to praise God before you see anything manifested in your life. But that's where we grow. That's where expectation becomes real. That's where anticipation becomes real. And that's where God says, ah, now you're ready. Now you're ready. I believe that this church, Valley, has some incredible miracles about to take place this year. As I was preparing my heart to give you this word, I think was from the Lord. The Lord was just whispering, Valley is going to see more of everything in 24. More of everything. You say, what does that mean? I don't know. I can't quantify. I can't categorize. But I know. I have that. We're about to birth something. In our church. We're about to birth something in our church right here. There's that that anticipation. I got spiritual butterflies for us in this house. Say, well, you're not the pastor. No, but I have I have the permission of the pastor to speak this morning. So I declare it over you today. Expect more. Expect more. And I'm wondering as I close, and this is the third and final closing. So well, where were the other two? I just skipped right past them. If you believe that with me, will you be the, the lame beggar at the gate beautiful? Would you look intently at the word that's coming? Would you receive the word, even though it's like, I'm not sure what it all means? But you would know in your spirit, you could feel it in your spirit, you sense it in your spirit. There is something, there's butterflies, spiritual butterflies going on. Something's happening here, Pastor Bob. Something's happening. I'm going to ask if that's anywhere close to what you would say, yes, by, I, I'm, I'm feeling that, or no, Pastor, I don't feel a thing. But by faith, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to ask anybody in those, any of those categories, or you just feel like it, would you stand with me? <laughs> I asked the Lord, how do you want me to end today? And he says, I want you to give an impartation. I want you to give, me an, I want you to give an impartation of expectation. I said, well, that rhymes, so I like it already. I, I firmly believe that if you have God deposit something in your life, it's to give it away. Uh, just a, a biblical term that we use is impartation. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to impart it to you. It's not on anything authority of me, other than I'm standing in the authority of the Holy Spirit this morning as, as the one delivering the message of God. If you'll receive this, impartation of expectation. My expectation is that your expectation is going to increase exponentially. 
stuff. You receive this, it's yours. Lord, I thank you in this moment, in this place, in this house. Lord, your word has raised in our minds and in our hearts an expectancy for more of you working, manifesting amongst us. Lord, by the authority of your Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit, I impart this spirit of expectation upon this congregation and upon anyone who's watching today. I impart this spirit of expectation that comes from you, Lord, not just something that we're trying to work up on our own, but it comes as a miraculous gift of your grace to us that we expect you, Lord God, to work, to manifest life in us, in every situation. So, Lord, I thank you that it's done. Lord, capture our hearts. Let our eyes get off the mundane and onto the miraculous as you move amongst us. We receive this for our own life, for our families, and for our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen? Now let's just thank the Lord. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord God. You are more than enough for us. Amen? Amen. You guys ready to go? I feel like we should sing or something. What should we sing? Can we sing my favorite song to close out of service? I think we did it one time, but I'm only here a few times a year, so I get to do it again. And then I'll get off the stage and you guys go eat lunch. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Can anybody testify to the goodness of the Lord? And I know you want it. Why I'm dancing like I do. And I know you're asking. 